Welcome, my friends, to this episode of A Pill of Success, or Succiapil in Norwegian. I'm Aya Hum, I'm your host today, and this podcast is about finding your peak performance in business more of the time, as we point to the invisible psychological powers that controls basically everything we do. And before we go on to today's exciting interview, I would ask you to rate this podcast on iTunes uh, as this helps the visibility of the show. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for that. Today's guest is my Danish colleague, Mats Quist, and he has an impressive curriculum. He has built companies, has worked many years in sales very successfully, and today he runs his own business as a solopreneur, and I think he will also tell a bit about his journey and his story and his experiences from sales, from leading a company, from state of mind, and more topics that we will cover. And so let's enjoy our time together. All right, you run the show. Yes, we are ready. So, so much welcome to you today, Mats Quist from Denmark. And uh, I'm really excited for this interview. And I know we're going to cover a lot of great topics. First, I would love to hear a bit about your journey into where we are today and where we were, like, say, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, w- I would love to focus on sales today and how you looked at sales then and how you look at sales now and how you can see the results in the companies you work with and, your, and the experience you have today. So let's, let's just start with a bit of your background. Um, and uh, as a Scandinavian, I think it's so cool that you are here today. I'm just really, really excited. I love it too. I mean, many of my conversations, they are abroad. So I uh, talk with people from the States. I talk with people from all over Europe, uh, from Asia as well. But having a, a Scandinavian conversation, that feels really good. Yeah. So yeah. The, 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 the quick and dirty on my background, <laughs> is that I talk about I have two careers. My first career is within strategic sales and marketing. I worked within companies at Bang & Olufsen, the proud Danish manufacturer of television and audios. I worked with uh, Canon, who makes uh, printers and cameras, and I worked in the print division. And I've worked in, uh, in Mask, which is one of the world's largest uh, shipping companies in the IT division. And my f- the reason why I say it's my first career is that I was very interested in, in sales and the effect of sales. So I wasn't... Mm, I started in, in both retail sales and business to business sales, but quickly I was more into the sales process and understanding human beings than in selling the products. Hmm. Um, and, and very quickly I became curious about sales psychology, performance psychology, behavioral psychology, because I noticed very quickly, very young, that it is much more about me and the way that I meet my customers then it is about the product and, and, the, and, the, and what the products can do. And I know that we have a lot of stories about branding and we have a lot of stories about uh, the specs of a product and how you make them useful. But I noticed that people with a strong rapport with people, people that understand people very well and, and how to connect with them and, and uh, 
point them in, in the benefits of a product. You can have great salespeople selling shitty products because people <laughs> they buy the person. And then, of course, you have a, something about integrity and all that. But I got very curious on that. And, um, and that led to a, uh, I was headhunted in, in the mid-zeros as a sales executive in a very young age. I think I was 26 of them. And I was sales director company and that was exactly because of my interest between the selling processes and building a sales team but also understanding human beings both my own team and and the and the people uh, with the customers and uh, and it was an amazing journey because i was so curious about uh, all that went on within human beings and i've been across many modalities uh, archetypes uh, young archetypes uh, the Thomas profile, the insight profile, because I believed back then that if I can understand the system behind human nature and, and, and behavior, I could increase the likelihood of me selling. And, and I would say that if, if we go back in time, I can argue that understanding how the humans uh, work and, and in the system of archetypes, it is helpful. I've, mm. I've seen then what is more helpful, but, but to stick with the story and, and the timeline, mm. that time, that was what was um, helpful to me. But my career took a, a massive shift because uh, the major shareholder in the company I was brought into uh, had to make a very difficult decision because our CEO, he was writing out checks to cover expenses in other companies. And he was having a questionable morale and integrity. Mm. Uh, and since he was a shareholder too, where they couldn't fire him. So he was uh, degraded. And even though being very young, I was promoted against my will to be <laughs> CEO. I still remember the conversation with our chairman. And he said, Mess, we believe in you. And I said, well, that doesn't make any sense because I don't. <laughs> uh, but I did it anyway. And today I'm happy about it. Yeah. It, was, it was a massive shift for me going from the arena that I felt so comfortable in to all of a sudden heading up the company because all this insecure thinking came uh, on board within me because now I was the acting CEO but but my first journey is within that and um, and when I look back today one of the major differences in how I do sales today because today I run my own uh, consulting company mm -hmm. is that I can see how much effort like brain power intellectual capital I put into sales because if you are my prospect I wanted to understand you I wanted to understand your psychological profile I would understand my own profile. I will see how can I link with you. So all that I did, and in all modesty, I was quite good at it, right? So, but I, what I would do is I would have a lot of going on in my mind, reading, mm. reading me, uh, seeing the product and the benefits. How can I align mm. it with your pain points and all that? So that was kind of my sales. I was an intelligent salesperson uh, mm. doing that from an intelligent level. But when I noticed what's going on in human beings. And the reason why I've transitioned into uh, consulting and training uh, individuals and in how the mind works is that when we look at people that is natural gifted within sales, I, I think that every sales organization, they can point out those person where you can say, well, he can sell anything. And they sell without going to sales training. They, they close big deals without having ever attended a training in house to close a deal. <laughs> And those natural gifted salesperson, when I start mm. studying them, I notice that they come from a free mind. 
They have nothing on their mind. They don't play the game in the hip. They play the game in the real world. They connect out of an honest interest in, hey, where are you at? I want to help you. They, they notice people in, in an intuitive way instead of in an intellectual way. And one of the things that, that I pick up on is that from the client side, it is much easier to connect with a salesperson that is actually present and curious and with the full uh, magnitude of their presence is there because they become mesmerized and they, they connect to it because you feel seen and, 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 you, and you pick up the interest. Mm. But when you notice people that place the game of sales in their heads with all the techniques and tools that they've learned, it becomes a separator between you and, and your prospect. Mm. So diving into this, I saw that when I can help salespeople learn how to navigate how the mind works, it's not a trick, it's not a tool, it's just how life unfolds. And when mm. salespeople notice that it's much easier to sell from an open mind with intuition and connection, they start picking up that these skills, this, these, this awareness, that's helpful in leadership too. It's helpful when they come home to their kids and their spouse. Mm. It's helpful in community. It's helpful within health. Because mm. when a salesperson understands that, oh, when I come from less on my mind with more presence and, and more curiosity, I also pay more attention to myself and my needs. So I don't push myself as hard. Mm. I, I restitute when I need that. I come up with great ideas when I need that. I can, uh, I can push aside obstacles much easier. I, I'm not as likely to get drained by, uh, by adversity. I get this, uh, this bounce back effect. So whenever a, a difficult situation occurs, mm. I deal with it and I bounce back. So for me, that's the major shift in how I work with sales is that going from being really intelligent and skilled about tools and techniques and reading people. Now I, I let all that go and, and become present to the customer and seeing that we have all the resources that we need when we get out of our own way. And that's where you and I come into the picture. It's not teaching them skills and tricks. It's giving them an understanding that you've got all that it takes. You're just in your own way. That's so beautiful said, Mats. And I think we just have to let it sink in because it's, it's actually more profound than, than it, we can hear immediately. It is really super important. And sometimes what I can see in businesses around is sometimes in the sales teams, let's say that, they can suddenly there can be some kind of negativity and you sort of blame the customers, you start blaming the customers uh, for not buying your products or for not whatever you can blame them for. Um, and how to make that shift from like blaming the customer having issues to, to shift that into more positive teamwork and I know you you came also from you have talked about I've listened before about positive psychology compared to this invisible powers you're talking about now because it's it's very easy just to say to the sales team oh you just have to think positive and nothing happens no but what's interesting is that 
a lot of people still have this misconception of how the mind works. That if I'm, I'm thinking, heavy thinking around why the prospect isn't buying. Hmm. And my boss says, well, keep thinking positive. It, that points to that I have a choice of what I think, hmm. which I don't. Because if we could choose, if you and I and every human being in the world could choose what we think, we wouldn't have misery. Like who would choose, hmm. oh, I want to feel miserable. I want to feel <laughs> anxiety. I want to feel pain. I want to feel burdened. I mean, if, if thought was a choice, we would intuitively make wiser choice. It's because that we think that we have a, a, a power over our thoughts hmm. and also that we think that by adding more thoughts, we become better. Because stay with me here. If, if hmm. we take sales training, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I go in as, as a typical sales trainer saying, oh, how should we think about this client? What I do is that I add thinking to your thinking. So you go into the client, and you wonder, why is he feeling on defense? That's, that's one level of thinking. Mm -hmm. Then you remember the sales coach saying that, oh, you just need to stay positive. Then you try to override your, your questionable thinking with positive thinking. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. Then you're reminded of, oh, so I need to have a vigorously body language. So you start adding mm -hmm. that thinking too. It's still mm -hmm. not working. Okay, so now I do this tool that I learned. So you just add more thinking. And while you add more thinking, you add distance in the relationship with the client. But when we notice that thought, is, thought doesn't have roots, it's only in the moment. When you don't clinch onto any thought, a new thought will arise. So if I'm having a meeting with a client, and I'm insecure about their willingness to buy. Mm. I let the insecurity go because I know that the insecurity, I have no use for it. I can't ask it to go, but I can let go of it saying, okay, well, I'm insecure. Mm. That's fine. I let that go and figure out then what to do. Mm. And because my training of how the mind works or my understanding of how the mind works, I know that going into the thought of insecurity, there is zero help. Mm. Only disadvantage. But if I let it go saying, oh, okay, I can notice I'm insecure, mm. what to do about it and, and be open to whatever. And then a question occurs and I'm like, oh, okay. So sometimes it might be, you feel a little reserved towards this. And then the client asks, answers saying, yeah, that's because, okay. Mm. Then I can feel it. Mm. But all that's going on in my mind, that's only my imagination. That's just my personal thinking, but including the customer and what's going on, becomes much more easy for me to work. And the, and the cool thing, and this is both by personal experience, but also by training a lot of sales departments. Mm. When, when we know that we can always show up with clarity and, mm. and, and the best of intentions, we can ask anything in the world if we dare. So mm. if we pick up on noise, on insecurity, on being reserved, and we're saying, hey, you know what? I'm here to help. And, and it feels like you maybe have a question that you haven't asked yet or you feel reserved. If we ask that question mm. with no ill intentions, mm. nine out of 10, we get an honest answer that we can work with saying, well, I'm, I'm questioning your reliability or I'm questioning your expertise or mm. could you give me an example or I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this is a little out of our budget reach or mm. now we can work with it. But as long as I'm fighting all my thinking in here, 
I only add more thinking to it. And I think that with the best intentions, many sales organizations, they add more thinking to the sales teams instead of help them navigate all the thinking that they create on themselves because a free and clear mind is perfect for connection mm. and for self. Yeah, I guess also there can be a lot of noise about in sales, there's very often bonus related uh, payments. So, so in a way you have this fear of not reaching your bonus that month or reaching your numbers so you can have your bonus that year. Um, so, so how to, that, that can like be a fear in the back, like, like you almost don't see it, but it's still there. So how, how can you best navigate and have, like you say, a clearer mind with your customers without having to think about your bonus or not? <laughs> it's, a, it's a good place to get a glimpse of this understanding because if you take a salesperson that is ahead of budget, mm -hmm. most times they feel free. If you take salespeople ahead of bonus and ahead of target, they feel creative, they feel courageous, they feel inspired, they feel connected with the clients. Mm. That's our natural state. The, the wrongdoing is that we connect the freedom of mind mm. with, oh, I'm ahead of budget, which is not true. Mm. Because you can, you can be behind budget and have the same function. But we go into the thinking of, shit, I'm behind budget. Oh, mm. shit. And, and, and I know from personal experience, I remember those times where you've been behind on budget mm. and then you went out to the sales meeting and on the way in the car, you was like, oh, I hope they say yes. I hope they say yes. If they say yes, I make the budget. But if they say no, I'm screwed. Mm. But all that thinking is getting in the way. And if you ask all the salespeople that you work with, mm. how many times have you messed up a perfectly good deal because it was too crucial you came across too intense, you came across too insecure, you came across too um, focused on just getting the yes instead of creating the value. Mm. And at the same time, ask people that's been ahead on target saying, how many times while being ahead of target have you pulled off an amazing deal that you wouldn't in a thousand years thought possible? Mm. And that's, that's a key learning for us that leads sales organizations that it is the freedom of mind. And, and when we attach it to be outside in, like, okay, I need to be in front of budget to mm. feel this way. Well, then we could just make up imaginary budgets, but, but we don't. Mm. But we see that if we take salespersons, we don't get affected by sales numbers. I, I remember one time, mm -hmm. I worked with a sales team. There were only four. Mm -hmm. and, and, and their target, they, they was in high technical uh, selling solutions. Mm. And they only had to make two orders a year. <laughs> yeah. But they were several millions each. Exactly. So think about how it would feel for most salespeople saying that you need to go every day to, uh, to pave the ground, to fertilize the ground, to make sure that you have all these contacts and dialogues and meetings, mm -hmm. and you need two sales at a year. And, uh, and at the beginning of the year, you're very positive. And when you get to August, you're like, it has to happen now. And <laughs> November is like, damn, because it's focused on, on such a little success rate. Mm. 
But what I noticed about these guys is that they understood the game. Hmm. So they knew that I need to keep calm. I need to keep creative. I need to keep connected with my clients. Hmm. I need to make sure that all my potential customers, hmm. they need to know where I am. They need to know what we can offer at all the time because I don't know whether they're going to make the buy in March or hmm. in June or in October. But if I miss it, I'm in trouble. Mm -hmm. so, so they recruited not those fast salespeople, mm -hmm. they recruited the stable guys that made all those connections. Mm -hmm. And I've used this story for many salespeople saying, what if you had the same pattern of behavior as they do? Mm -hmm. If you keep calm, even while being behind, because letting go of the insecurity, letting go of the blame, I hear a lot of salespeople, when they come behind targets, they blame prices, they blame a product roadmap, they blame their boss, they blame the market, they blame the, uh, the currency of the world. It's because the dollar is high and the pound is low. So they go outside to explain why they feel insecure and in a way. Instead of saying, hey, I can let all that go because what the best thing that we can only ever do mm. is showing up in the moment with all the resources that we have and do the best that we can. And we will fail obvious orders. We will close amazing, unlikely orders if we just show up. And that's, I think the trick is that many people have the thinking that, what do I need to learn in order to be successful? Mm -hmm. And what you point to is, no, no. What do you have to let go in order to understand how your mind works? Because you are, your factory setting is a clear mind. Your factory setting born into this world is perfect for sales jobs. And the rest of it is just our personal thinking getting in the way. Wow. It sounds so easy <laughs> when you say it like that. Yeah, that's because it is, but we complicate it afterwards, right? I mean, and, and that's why sometimes it's difficult to trust that it is really that simple. Yeah. Because it is it's too good to be true. And then we complicate it. And yeah. even though doing this training of how the mind works, I see people that try to invent systems afterwards. Oh, I get this. So, so how do I let go of thinking? Oh, I remind myself. Well, it's in the moment. If, if you stop and notice, hmm. you will see, oh, I'm caught up. And maybe that's one of the, the, one of the sales uh, related greatest insights that I've ever had is that I know how the mind works. I, I see myself as quite an expert on the matter of how the mind works. Mm. But I've also noticed that I'm still a human being. Which means that I still get caught up. I know how the only thing between me mm. and my natural high performance mm. is how I engage with my thinking in the moment. But being a human being, I get caught up too. I get insecure too. I, I have deals, projects that I'm so, I'm so hopeful about getting to help clients. But when I'm getting over-invested in, oh, I hope this is going to happen, I hope this is going to happen, my thinking goes from the, from the present moment of mm. connection and curiosity with the client to be in the future of, I hope to get to do this. I mm. hope they say yes. Mm. But the good thing about this is that when I notice, as mm. soon as I notice that I'm doing that, I have the option of letting go of the intensity, saying, oh, yeah, I know. Hey, mm. I'm in right now or I'm caught up right now hmm. and one of the things that I love about the human nature is that our mind is always gravitating towards clarity 
which means that when I let go of, of trouble thinking, it always gra gravitates back to clarity. And that's why both you and I, we run our own companies, right? And, mm -hmm. and many of our clients, they know the same thing is that when we do get caught up in worrying mm -hmm. about the future, about meeting the numbers, at some point we forget. That's part of the psychological immune system. We, we can't worry all the time. No. Uh, so at some point we forget and then we feel fine until we remember that we're supposed mm. to worry. <laughs> and then we go back to the worrying. Yeah. And that's where, that's where understanding is key because mm. when we understand the difference, we know that there is no reason to go back to the worrying. Yeah. When, it, when it passes, it passes and we can, we can reconnect with life and we can, we can from that place reorient our business and that's one of the things that i find very useful for myself but also for any person not only sales mm. that when i know how my mind works i know from where to do my creative thinking to do my prioritizations do my decision making deciding what next step should be but notice how many people they make really bad decisions because when they feel like crap the best way they know to get out of that feeling is making decisions, do something about it. Yeah. But in a, in a cloudy mind, in a worried mind, mm. it's like Dalai Lama, he talks about our consciousness as a, as a, t a camera lens. And he talks about, well, from a contracted consciousness, you don't see much of the world other than your problems. Yeah. So when you from a disturbed, worried mind trying to make decisions, you see very little of the world and you have very little creativity to work. But when you take a step back and allow the system to kick in, your consciousness expands and you see more of the picture. And that's why I would say it, I mean, you and I, we can be to the most help to people that is actually caught up because they think that they should act themselves out of the problem and misery. But the creativity in the moment is really bad. And that's why salespeople in distress, they, they, I mean, if, if you and I were sales leaders and we have 10 salespeople under us and we have three of them that is really under pressure uh, of performance, it can be target wise, it can be um, relationship wise, it can be uh, product wise. But when a salesperson feels uh, insecure, busy minded, worrying, Notice their decision-making. Notice how they prioritize their time. You're like, why, why would you drive four hours for that meeting? You can see like a thousand yards away that it's a bad meeting. But to the person with a contracted consciousness, it made sense because that was the only idea he had. Mm -hmm. But should he have taken a step back saying, hey, what else could I do to improve my situation? Mm -hmm. And that's where just the conversation with you or me or with a qualified leader you would have a conversation that expands consciousness and, and elevates creativity and intuition. Mm. And that's why salespeople in a good state of mind, they are so elegant about things. They get good ideas. They know exactly what to do. And that's why it's the most helpful investment to do to any sales organization mm. is understanding that they have the best abilities for sales built in. You don't have to train them. You just have to become aware of them and know how to interact with them. Well, that's so cool. And I'm so curious uh, to know a bit more, like you said, when this one person in, the, in your team, if you're a sales leader, has this contracted lens. Mm -hmm. um, I can see that around that people are frustrated or leaders are frustrated or some of their account managers are. 
have this contracted lens and and they don't know really how to go into the conversation to talk about this to to make this person see something else or to get him or her out of this to open the lens and sometimes it's easier to fire that person than to have the conversation because you you maybe you had a conversation once and you meet a lot of resistance and you just concluded with this person cannot be changed do, do you have some experience on how to start a, con a more like a difficult conversation to open the lens to see something new to see that this was a bad decision to travel four hours to that meeting even though that person thought it was a good decision <laughs> Well, the good thing is that the system is designed in our favor, right? So, so as a leader, you, you actually don't have to do much because the system is rigged in our favor. And that's when I say that, that we gravitate towards clarity, right? So mm -hmm. that's true for all human beings, both leader and sales employee that is uh, worrying or, mm -hmm. or bad performance. But what it tells us is that if we know that the only thing that can burden a salesperson, the only thing that can contract consciousness mm. is the quality of my thinking. Mm. That means that as a leader, my most important task is to help them notice their thinking, step away from their thinking and let clarity arise on its own. But unconsciously, what many leaders do is they add thinking to it. So some leaders, the, the good leaders, they go and say, hey, you just need to stay positive and trust yourself. And that's, that's kind of taking just to put some, uh, some, uh, some chocolate on a, on a bad break, right? It, it doesn't help. We, we need to go back to what's, what's wrong. Other leaders, they say, hey, you've got to put yourself together. Otherwise, I have to fire you or uh, you have to push more. And when a leader comes to... Uh, a salesperson that is under stress that feels like shit and they perform very bad and saying you need to push harder you need to make an effort what would that help how, how would that create better thinking it's just adding to the worrying like oh shit my boss doesn't like me and i don't have any support so what i suggest that people start doing instead is how do i create an environment and a conversation where we can kind of let go so I might, as a leader, take the person in in a, in a, in a relaxed situation, take a walk with them, or just catch them in the car on the way home saying, hey, how are things? Uh, and they're like, oh, they're fine. All right, well, you, you don't seem fine. It seems like you have a lot going on in, in your mind. Yeah, I'm worrying about this and that. And they're like, oh, okay. And, and help them saying, hey, you know what? Let's, let's not worry about that. And, and, and notice how you can help them let go of all the things going on and saying, hey, so what could we do? Like, what good ideas? And it's not about the good ideas in the moment. It's about noticing how you can help the person out of their negative thinking mm. and, and push through. Don't change the thinking because you can't, but you can help them not in being such uh, caught up in it. Mm. And notice that as they take this kind of, their thinking less serious, they will gain a little more clarity, a little wider lens. And each time you just go 5% broader with a little more clarity, you will notice new things and help them seeing, oh, okay, well, from this place, yeah, I know you're behind budget. What can you do? What would be one helpful thing to do? But it's not about the decision, it's about noticing how do I help the person let go of all their uh, limiting uh, thinking 
and, and pointing out the first thinking, what's, what's here, what's, what's an offer, what can we do instead, and, and support that. And, and I would, as a leader, notice, do I add trouble thinking to my salespeople or do I help them get out of bad thinking? That would be the, my only concern in the sales environment because I, I know and trust mm. that from here mine, all my staff uh, is, is capable of what they should do. And with, mm. if I see that from a clear mind and, and from their very best, that they don't know how to sell our products, well, that's a different conversation. Yeah. Then you as a leader need to use your level of clarity and your intuition saying, is it a misfit? I mean, should mm. I let him go? Should I help him towards another job? Because mm. it's, I mean, state of mind and understanding how the mind works, it's not a bulletproof solution because you can still be a, a misfit. Mm. But I can, I can assure everyone listening in here that no matter the job that you have, you will always perform to the best of your abilities from a clear mind. Mm. I, I love the saying that with the tide, all boat rises. So you, you imagine all your skills, competences, and experiences as small little boats in the harbor. With the tide, all ship rises, which means that your level, your, your competence to uh, prioritize goes up, your communication skills goes up, your state of mind, your sales abilities goes up, your uh, ability to read customers goes up, your connection with your kids and spouses goes up, mm-hmm. your love for yourself goes up, your innate health goes up, which is why when people connect with this innate health, they start naturally eating healthier. They start naturally exercising Mm. more because that's our nature. Mm. We just get in our own way in all areas of life. Oh, it's so exciting to talk to you, Mats. You have so much wisdom. And I think this, uh, what, what you just said right now will also help. I know many businesses today are in transition phases. You have new leaders coming in and they want things to be new and a new mindset and new things to sell. And we sell more, not just products anymore, but we sell like a bigger picture. And that transition can be difficult for many businesses today. But I think what you mentioned just right now will also help this transition and to make all generations or all ages in the sales group see new. And I don't mean that, you know, a person has been in a company for 20, 30 years is less competent than a 25 year old just coming from university. I don't mean that at all, but it's all about, like we say, how you can see something new and how you can be in the moment and not in the future or in the past. And it's very reliable. I mean, understanding how the mind works, it's by principle. And by principle, it's always true in all moments with all human beings, with all level of seniority, with all businesses, Mm -hmm. with all countries, with all cultures, that when we understand that we always experience life from the inside out through our thinking in the moment, it will help us in any situation. And Mm -hmm. you talk about transition, I think in, in the times we are right now, mm. if I look back a decade or two, it's all been about globalization, mm. digitalization, and optimization. That, that's been our core key differentiator in business. If, if you look at what companies have gained the most success over the last 10 years, it has been companies with globalization, mm. digitalization, and optimization. 
And, and we can just say, take a company as Amazon, or we can take uh, Google, or we can take uh, YouTube, we can take all these, uh, we can take Tesla, we can, like all kinds of companies that has skyrocketed the last 10 years. We can take the banks. The most successful banks is the one that is most successful in IT. So Definitely. Absolutely. However, if we look at the, the main obstacles of success right now, it is knowing how to bridge so many different uh, generations. Like we ha still have people that got into the production age many years ago. We have the new kids on the block, which is all about uh, communication. It's about the uh, uh, virtual realities. It's about computer, all these things. How do we bridge that? We're up against uh, stress. It's uh, bigger than ever that people feel in stressed and overwhelmed. And uh, we are facing a time where people have never been more unhappy with life. Even though that we have never had more opportunity for a great life. And that all originates in the mind, which is for me, there is no question that for the next decade or two, the key differentiator in any business, and I'm, it can be production, it could be in service, it can be in finance, it can be in biotech, it can be in artificial intelligence, like in any business, I see no other key differentiator in the business ability to understand and utilize the human mind. Because it's in the human mind that we face a difference of opinions, uh, the different generations. It's where we don't see that we all have innate resilience. Like stress is something that we do to ourselves in a misconception of how the mind works. You talk about sales, well, our connection that we do with people comes from our mind, it's not from our intellect. And that's why I'm, I'm very positive about the future because you can, you, can, you can work with globalization and optimization and digitalization with, with greed as an intent or uh, power as an intent. But if you truly wanna work with the mind, people will start seeing sustainability. They will start seeing community. They will start seeing the common good. They will see responsibility, they will see uh, humility, they would see vulnerability, they would see all these human traits that mm -hmm. I strongly believe that that's going to build the next level of the future. And, and, I, and I do think that, that people, the, the, the sooner that people invest in understanding and utilizing the mind, it's going to be a competitive advantage mm -hmm. and it's also being uh, for the common good and, and sustainable success. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mats. Kvist from Denmark. Thank you so, so much. I think with these words, we're a perfect ending. Thank you.